Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Boston Malassacre. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. If you had to guess a food that might kill 21 people, you'd probably guess, what, bad meat or a lettuce fungus? I doubt you'd guess molasses in the first 10, 20 guesses, maybe more. But on January 15th, 1919, that's exactly what happened. In the north end of Boston, Massachusetts, a large storage tank filled with 2.3 million gallons of molasses burst killing 21 and injuring 150 people, and it also had other strange effects that we're going to get into. It was called the Great Molasses Flood, the Boston Molasses Disaster, or deliciously, no pun intended because the next one's going to have one, the Boston Molassacre. It all went down at 529 Commercial Street, the headquarters of Purity Distilling Company. Molasses would be temporarily stored there by the company. They used tanks to offload the sweet, sticky substance from ships, and then transfer it by pipeline to the Purity Ethanol Plant in Cambridge, used there for alcohol. On January 15th, 1919, Boston was cold as fuck, around 40 degrees, which was warm for that week. The day before, a ship had delivered a fresh boatload of molasses, which had been warmed to reduce its viscosity for easier transfer. At 12.30pm, possibly due to the thermal expansion of the older, colder molasses already inside, the tank burst open and completely collapsed. Witnesses reported that they felt the ground shake as the tank caved in on itself, saying that the sound was similar to a roar, a long rumble, a machine gun, a growl, or the sound of an elevated train. Others reported a tremendous crashing, or an explosion sensation. The collapse created a 25 to 40 foot high wave of molasses, moving at 35 miles per hour. It had sufficient enough force to drive steel panels of the burst tank against the girders of the neighboring Boston railway stop and tip a streetcar off its tracks. Nearby buildings were swept off their foundations and crushed. A truck was picked up and hurled into the Boston Harbor. Some blocks were flooded with up to three feet of molasses. A Boston Post article reported, Molasses, waist-deep, covered the street and swirled and bubbled around the wreckage. Here and there struggled a form, whether it was an animal or human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mass, showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Some people were picked up, thrown, or pelted with debris. The air smelled sweet and hot, another strange sensory point of chaos. 
After that initial terrifying wave, the molasses became even thicker, having hit the cold Boston air. This made those trapped or stuck in the molasses even harder to rescue. First to the scene was 160 naval cadets from the USS Nantucket, a training ship at the Massachusetts Nautical School that was docked nearby. Some cadets entered into the knee-deep flood of molasses to pull out the survivors, while others worked to keep curious onlookers from getting in the way of the rescuers. Soon, the Boston police, Red Cross, Army, and Navy personnel joined in rescue efforts. The injured were so numerous that doctors and surgeons set up a makeshift hospital in a nearby building. Rescuers found it difficult to make their way through the hardening molasses to help the victims, and they ultimately spent four days helping and searching. Many of the dead were so glazed over in molasses that they were hard to recognize. At the end of the day, several horses died, and 150 people, horses, and dogs were injured. 21 people died, crushed and drowned, or both, by the molasses or by the debris carried within it. Many more were plagued with coughing fits long after their experience. Bostonian Edwards Park wrote about a child's experience in a 1983 article for Smithsonian. It caught young children on their way home from the morning session of school. One of them, Anthony D'Astasio, walked homeward with his sisters from the Michelangelo School, was picked up by the wave and carried, tumbling on its crest, almost as though he were surfing. Then he grounded and the molasses rolled him like a pebble as the wave diminished. He heard his mother call out his name and couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with the smothering goo. He passed out, then opened his eyes to find three of his sisters staring at him. Another sister had been killed. They had found little Anthony stretched under a sheet on the dead side of the body-littered floor. On that note, let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now... All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. How are you doing? Are you doing okay today? This is the check-in, so... It's coming. Make yourself known, is. make yourself heard. Mm-hmm. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Or whenever you want to speak your peace. It's really whenever you do want to say hello to anyone who's listening, everyone who's been so great and supportive to all of our patrons. Thank you very much. It's very helpful keeping Mm -hmm. us afloat. We want to say hello to our government, the mayors. Introducing (laughs) Dara Rosenzweig. Hello. Ashley Matson. Hello. James Harrington. Hello. David Bull. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and our governor, the one, the only. Only one. No no perpetrators. Mm-mm, no copycats. No. Avian Noble. Yeah. We said it together. Did you guys like that? Who cares? If you want bonus episodes, there's a new one out now. Early access with no ads or chit chat. You just want to hear the good stuff. The goods, please. 
patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Got one little Apple review to read. Oh. One little cute little Apple podcast review to read. Cute like gonna leave me crying at night. Cute or cute like. If five stars love it makes you cry at night, cry then at- yeah, you're in big trouble. Tears of joy. I'm late getting into this podcast and I hope they continue. Jason and Rebecca feel like two old friends and I love their dynamic. The comedy and, of course, their content they throw in. Please don't stop Purple Heart after it. Because <laughs> they think you fought in the war of the podcast. <laughs> I was thinking, like, Purple Hearts in, like, tarot. Is- it might be. This is the Purple Heart hearts. emoji. And that's from Fed Up with DirecTV. Oh, damn it. Going after big DirecTV. Woo! See you in hell, DirecTV. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's from the U.S. and A. Speaking of the USNDA, one of the original 13 colonies, we got to go back to Massachusetts. Yeah, let's go back to Massachusetts, Boston specifically, where all hell has broken loose. There's molasses fucking everywhere. Ultimately, 119 residents brought a class action lawsuit against the United States Industrial Alcohol Company, which had bought Purity Distilling in 1917. It was one of the first class action suits in Massachusetts, and it was considered a milestone in paving the way for modern corporate regulation. Again, everyone didn't know what to say or think. Everyone was confused. People were hurt. People were dead. So what happened? The company claimed that the tank had been blown up by anarchists because of the alcohol produced was sometimes used in making munitions, but nobody really bought that. In reality, it was the company's negligence in building the tank. Arthur Gell, USIA's treasurer who had no architectural or engineering experience, neglected basic safety tests while overseeing construction of the tank, like filling it with water to check for leaks or paying attention to warning signs like groaning noises each time the tank was filled. When filled with molasses, the tank leaked so badly that it was painted brown to hide the leakage. So that's what's happening with the tank. Here's what could have specifically gone wrong. First, the tank may have leaked from the very first day that it was filled in the year 1915. Second, the tank was also badly made and poorly tested, as we talked about, so carbon dioxide production might have raised the internal pressure due to fermentation in the tank. Third, the failure occurred from a manhole cover from the near base of the tank, and a fatigue crack there could have possibly grown to the point of criticality. The tank had been filled to capacity only eight times since it was built, and a couple sources say that Purity Distilling Company was trying to outrace prohibition because the 18th Amendment was being ratified the next day, January 16, 1919, and would take effect a year later. Whatever happened, it was common knowledge that the tank fucking sucked. There were often comments made by people around the vicinity that this tank would shudder and groan every time it was full, said Stephen Puleo, author of Dark Tide, The Great Boston Molasses Flood of 1919 and it leaked from day one. It was very customary for children of the North End to go and collect molasses with pails. Two days before the disaster, warmer molasses had been added to the tank, reducing the viscosity or thickness of the fluid. When the tank collapsed, the fluid cooled quickly as it spread until it reached Boston's winter evening temperatures, and then the viscosity increased dramatically. Far after the fact, cleanup continued to challenge the residents of Boston. Not only was the explosion itself a nightmare to clean, but rescue workers, cleanup crews, and sightseers had tracked molasses throughout the streets and spread it to subway platforms, to the seats inside of trains and streetcars, to pay telephone handsets, and into homes. Some people say buildings had a, quote, high molasses mark, a brown line that could be seen on walls and buildings in the area. Hundreds of people contributed to the cleanup effort, using salt water from a fireboat to wash away the molasses and sand to absorb it. The Boston Harbor was brown with molasses until summer. It was reported that everything that a Bostonian touched was sticky. Our friend Edwards Park had something to say about it. 
The smell of molasses remained for decades, a distinctive, unmistakable atmosphere of Boston. My boyhood association of the sweet aroma, mingled with the fragrance of coffee from the Phoenix, led me into a habit I still enjoy, though most other people seem to shun it. I invariably sweetened my first cup of early morning coffee with a teaspoonful of dark molasses. To me, the two go together. After a long three years of hearings and a history-making decision by the Boston courts, USIA was found responsible and the company ultimately paid out $628,000 in damages, that's $9.37 million in 2020, adjusted for inflation. Relatives of those killed reportedly received around $7,000 per victim, equivalent to $104,000 in 2020. All the things we now take for granted in the business, that architects need to show their work, that engineers need to sign and seal their plans, that building inspectors need to come out and look at projects, all of that comes about as a result of the Great Boston Molasses Flood Case, explains Pulio. The smell of the molasses, according to the Smithsonian, lasted for decades. In 2014, the investigation was reopened, applying a modern engineering analysis. It concluded that the steel was half as thick as it should have been for a tank of its size, even with the lax standards of the day. The tank's rivets were also flawed, and cracks first formed at the rivet holes that would lead to the explosion. In 2016, a team of scientists and students at Harvard University did their own study on what the fuck went wrong with the molasses truck, gathering data from many sources, including a 1919 newspaper article, old maps, weather reports, anything they could get their hands on. The student researchers also studied the behavior of cold corn syrup, flooding a scale model of the affected neighborhood, concluding that, if you didn't believe it already, the reports of a shortest 25-foot wave at 35 miles per hour was absolutely true. It ultimately concluded that what everyone again knew, the molasses cooled and thickened quickly as it rushed through the streets, hampering efforts to free victims before they suffocated. Where the tank exploded is now Langone Park. A small plaque at its entrance commemorates the disaster. On January 15, 2019, for the 100th anniversary of the event, a ceremony was held in remembrance. The concrete slab base for the tank is buried approximately 20 inches below the surface of the park. Attendees of the ceremony stood in a circle marking the edge of the tank. The 21 names of those who died in or as a result of the flood were read aloud. Ultimately, some good did come out of this bizarre, horrible disaster. Many laws and regulation governing construction were tightened, including requirements for oversight by a licensed architect and civil engineer before and during construction. And as the legend goes, when it gets hot enough in Boston, you can catch a hint of molasses in the air. I have to imagine, never mind the early 1900s, even now, people aren't prepared to traverse a molasses flood. No. It's not like fire where you're like, okay, I see fire. I understand Mm -hmm. that. We get fire. Yeah. Even now, if this happened now, you wouldn't really know what to do. No. And that's the thing, too. It's This is so rare. And again, I can't imagine it would be easier for something like this to happen again. But it's just like a glue spill, like a toxic glue spill. It reminds me of what you'd see in a horror movie or disaster movie where there's some kind of flooding of something. Mm -hmm. And this, far as I know, one of the most closely related to what I think those things would be in real life. Yeah. And that happened well over 100 years ago. It is. Again, I just like when I first like, – it's a horrible tragedy and just so bizarre. And the fact that it's now baked into the culture of Boston in a in this like kind of strange way where people make light of it. It's a little bit, you know, tug-in-cheek with using molasses. Take ownership of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a very strange thing what we do and how we appropriate tragedies like this. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.